Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Thursday the 25th of April. Coming up, more than a thousand children in Kent at risk of getting measles. Because there's big outbreaks in places like Germany and Italy and Romania and even places like the United States. The danger is they'll come into the UK. We've got groups of children who are not vaccinated and it's a very, very infectious disease. Seven roads named among the most dangerous in England. And everyone that lives in Dartford knows that there's a good chance every time you leave the house that you'll be late at home and won't be picking your kids up from school or nursery and so on. Hundreds of exotic animals suffering because of neglect or abandonment. I think probably they get them and then realise actually this is a little bit more involved than I thought and the novel team may have worn off a little bit. And as Avengers Endgame hits cinemas, we hear from fans. Well, one of my first memories was seeing the first Iron Man and I remember loving it, so I'm really excited to finally see how the story might end. Kent Online News. First today, a Kent GP's urging parents to make sure their sons and daughters are vaccinated against measles. Amid warnings, hundreds of thousands of children across the UK are missing out on the injections. Fake news online is being partly blamed for a drop in the number of youngsters getting immunised. UNICEF says half a million didn't have their first MMR jab over an eight-year period. Their figures also show Last year, cases of the potentially deadly disease trebled in England to nearly a 1,000. Health experts reckon 1,300 children here in Kent are at risk and catch-up clinics are being offered across the county next month for any who haven't been vaccinated. Louise has been finding out more from Strew GP, Dr Julian Spinks. I'm afraid we've been anticipating it coming along for a long time because of the drop-off in vaccination rates overseas um, and because we're no longer vaccinated vaccinating children here, but there's this very big risk that we'll start to have big outbreaks of measles and we're seeing in some countries uh, deaths happening from measles. So we're offering catch-up for children who have not been vaccinated, both in clinics around the county. Also this year, uh, GPs are going to be looking at 10 to 11-year-olds to see if they've been vaccinated and sending letters to them, offering them a chance to come in and have a vaccination in the hope we can get the levels back up. And is it just children or are older people also affected? Unfortunately, virtually anybody who was born after 1970 and hasn't been vaccinated against measles or had the MMR is at risk. Um, so we're asking people to have a look and think, maybe talk to their parents to see whether they've been vaccinated. But in, the key thing is we're looking at the early teenagers going right through into the mid-20s because they seem to be the ones who are going to be at a particular risk, plus any children. Anybody whose child has not been uh, immunised, I would still recommend they think about going along to their GP because we'll be happy to immunise them. And we just had those stats, 300% worldwide. It's obviously not as severe in Kent, but is it something that is... Uh, growing problem in the county as well? Well, it is a disaster waiting to happen. We virtually eliminated measles in the UK. We got to a point where the only measles we were getting was imported. And so, unfortunately, because there's big outbreaks in places like Germany and Italy and Romania and even places like the United States, the danger is they'll come into the UK. We've got groups of children who are not vaccinated and it's a very, very infectious disease. So then it will start spreading the population here. There's a list of clinics and the times you can go to get your child vaccinated at kentonline.co.uk. 
UK. Kent Online reports. Seven roads in Kent have been ranked among the most dangerous in England and five of them are in Dartford. Research by Highways England points to stretches including the A282, M25 and A2 as being among the top 20 places where a crash is most likely to happen. Kelly Grehan is from the Dartford Safer Roads campaign group. The road crashes obviously cost lives but they also devastate lives in, in other ways. Um, statistics show that road crashes cost the economy about 35 billion each year which is about 2% of gross domestic product which is you know an, a heck of an amount so there's lots of reasons why this affects Dartford, Dartford um, badly. Firstly in terms of the, the dangers that it poses to everybody that uses the roads and also just in terms of, of the effects um, on the economy and everyone that lives in Dartford knows that there's a good chance every time you leave the house that you'll be late at home and won't be picking your kids up from school or nursery and so on because the roads are so bad so what we would really like to see happen we'd like um in fact we'd question why um applications haven't been made to the safer road fund that was launched last year by kent county council on behalf um why applications haven't been made um on behalf of those roads in dartford because kent county council have made two applications but one was for um Charing, which is kind of the A20 sort of way, and one was for Canterbury. So it's interesting that they've made two applications, but Dartford once again has been neglected in terms of looking at why we haven't got some of that money um, towards giving safer road structures within the roads that affect Dartford. It's become the norm now not to be able to get home on time, to be stuck in traffic. You know, people keep rugs and food in the car because you can get stuck in traffic so often here. You know, that's not acceptable, that's not normal for, for crashes to impact on everybody's lives because they happen so of, so often. Completely unacceptable that five of the most dangerous roads in the, in the country, but 25% of the most dangerous roads in the country are in Dartford in our little town. And that suggests ongoing neglect and that a lot of um, problems could have been looked at earlier and, and measures put in place to make people safer. And obviously the problem's been ignored and, and grown, so now we end up in this position where we have five very, very dangerous roads within the town. A total of 831 collisions involving an injury were recorded in the top 20 hotspots across England between 2015 and 2017. Kent Online News. An animal welfare charity received more than one call every day last year about exotic animals in Kent. The RSPCA were contacted just over 500 times in 2018 about the suffering of more unusual animals in the county. One call was about a bearded dragon found dumped in a shoebox in Sittingbourne. It's feared some people buy the animals but don't do their research or know how to look after them properly. Earlier I spoke to Kirsty Gillard, who's an exotic pets expert at the RSPCA. If a member of the public finds a reptile, they will obviously come through to our call centre um, and they will go through certain health and safety questions with them um, to try and establish exactly what they're dealing with, um, whether it's dangerous or whether it, you know whether they've confined it already. Um, and then once it goes through all of those that process, it will then come through to the officer, um, and the officer will head there sort of you know as soon as they can, um, managing all the other jobs on their list as well. And they'll go there, try and identify it. Um, if it's something they haven't seen before, then obviously they can send photos to... Um, we've got a team of exotics officers that will help ID as well. Um, 
Because obviously the idea of these animals is really important because, you know, you don't know... If you don't know what you're dealing with, then it could be really, really dangerous. Um, so that's really important. And if once it's been identified that it's, like, not venomous or dangerous, then the officer would collect it and transport it to a exotic specialist where it would obviously be checked by a vet um, just to make sure there's no injuries or diseases um, and then they generally go to a rehoming specialist that we can rehome them as long as no owner comes forward. Um, obviously if an owner comes forward then we give them back to the owner if they can prove their ownership. And why do you think so many of these exotic animals are ending up out in the wild and need looking after by the RSPCA? I think a lot of the time they are quite easy to get hold of, some of the common species and some of the less common species. You know, you can go on the internet and find anything these days. Um, and a lot of them are actually really cheap. I mean, I've seen baby bearded dragons for sale for like £20. Um, so I think because people think they're common and it's a little bit unusual and they're easy to get hold of they might go and buy them um and not really know what they're doing dealing with um not realize maybe the care that's involved with them like just because they're common doesn't mean they're easy to look after um so yeah i think probably they get them and then realize actually this is a little bit more involved than i thought and the novelty may have worn off a little bit um and they potentially don't know where to take them to get them rehomed. So then they sort of end up either getting bored of them and abandoning them. Or we do get quite a lot of escapees as well because, they, you know, you leave like a tiny, tiny crack in like their tank. Um, and especially a snake would be out straight away. They're real escape artists. So that's how we end up getting hold of a lot of strays um, that way as well. And how much of a concern is it that people aren't doing the research and are just getting these animals, like you say, on the internet and they're ending up in, you know, needing new homes? It's a real concern. Um, these animals, they can, because of their metabolism is so slow, they can suffer for a real long time um, and sort of put up with and suffer under sort of substandard conditions. Um, I've seen some you know, real bad setups where I think because there's no questions asked when <clears throat> these people, you can go and buy them, there's no questions asked as to what knowledge they've got um, before they buy it and what equipment they've invested in um, and actually keeping the equipment up to date as well because it's not a case of just buying the equipment initially. You have to replace bulbs and, you know, check that it's getting up to the right temperature for your species, whatever you're keeping. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really sad that these guys suffer for a lot of the time things that could be so simple to fix, like getting a new UV bulb or getting turning the temperatures up on the tank. A lot of the issues with these animals are caused by husbandry, um, which if people were aware and educated to you know what they need then a lot of the problems could be avoided so what would your advice be to someone who might be looking to get an exotic pet just really really do your research first um 
you know, find out exactly what they need. I mean, bearded dragons even, for example, they can, they're, like I said, quite common, but they can actually get quite big. They need quite big vivariums, um, which, you know, you've got to have the space for the actual tank and then all their their diet as well. They have to have fresh salad every day and insects, which if you're not happy to feed, then it might be worth considering a different pet because, you know, it's not as simple as just putting a bowl like down of, you know, a packet foods. They're quite complicated and the same with snakes as well. They've obviously got quite a specialised diet. So I just really recommend that people do their research and if they think that they can provide the adequate facilities for a reptile or any other exotic, then, you know... They are good pets, but as long as they're kept in the right conditions. In total, the RSPCA received more than 18,000 calls reporting cruelty, neglect, injury or suffering of all animals. Kent Online reports. A group of cyclists have been caught risking their lives by dodging traffic and jumping red lights in Sittingbourne. At Kent Online, you can see video of them ignoring traffic signals at a busy junction near Morrison's and home base on the retail park in Millway. It comes after a gang of 17 were reported doing similar things in Maidstone. Police have warned bikes will be seized if pedestrians are put at risk. After a hot and sunny Easter in Kent, we're being told to get ready for Storm Hannah. There's a warning of strong winds across parts of the southeast from tomorrow night and through Saturday, a week after temperatures reached the mid-20s. Forecasters say there's a risk of disruption to transport, damaged trees and power cuts. Plans to turn a former Toys R Us store in Medway into a home bargains and 24-hour gym have been approved. Councillors on the planning committee unanimously supported the proposals for the Horsted Retail Park in Chatham at a meeting last night. Kent Online Showbiz. At Kent Online you can see the first pictures of crews filming a movie in Kent starring Kate Winslet. The Hollywood star's shooting part of Ammonite in Charing near Ashford and has been spotted in the village with co-star Saoirse Ronan. School road near the fire station was closed last night and will be shut again today. The film's due out next year. And finally, hundreds of people in Kent might be struggling to stay awake today after going to watch the long-awaited Avengers Endgame overnight. The latest film in the Marvel franchise was shown in cinemas in the county in the early hours of this morning. Ish has been chatting to fans who were on their way to see it in Chatham. How excited are you to see Avengers tonight? Well, I've watched Civil War and Ragnarok before I came here, so pretty excited. And, um, what does this mean? What does this film mean to you? Does it mean a lot? Are you a big fan? Well, one of my first memories was seeing the first Iron Man, and I remember loving it, so I'm really excited to finally see how the story might end. Fantastic. And, and what do you think it's going to be like being in that cinema, finally seeing it? I think it's going to be nothing like I expected, but in a good way. I don't have a lot of expectation because we don't know too much about this film. We haven't been given too much information, so I'm open-minded about what's going to happen. I've been waiting for this for so long. It's the culmination of 11 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I just cannot wait. (laughs) Fantastic. And clearly, you're a big fan. I mean, how much does this film mean to you? It means a lot to me, (laughs) personally. (laughs) And and do you expect it to meet your expectations? I think it'll blow them out the water. I've got a t-shirt on today. 
I'll, it's like how I was working today around the film as well. So yeah, very excited. And how, how much does this film mean to you as a big fan? Yeah, it's a big deal. I watched the first Iron Man when it came out when I was still in um, secondary school and I've gone to uni and graduated since then. So I've been with the stories for about 10 years now. So it's a big deal. Yeah. I imagine there's sky high expectations for this. Do you think it's going to meet your expectations? I have a feeling it's going to make me cry again, because Infinity War, um, I annoyed the rest of the cinema by screaming at the screen, so I have a feeling that we'll probably do the same this time. But, yeah, I'm kind of... I'm expecting decent things. Marvel films tend to be quite decent, so, yeah. It's in all the Marvel films, so this is uh, the last, the end game, the last part, so, yeah. <laughs> Does this film mean a lot to you? Uh, yeah, in the sense of how long we've been waiting. There's many different ways that the franchise can go from here. Plenty of different aspects that can be explored. End of a phase, beginning of a new one. Brilliant. And how big of a fan are you? <laughs> uh, let's see, most of my wardrobe is Avengers related and I've seen all the movies, played a lot of the games, everything. Yeah. Does this film mean a lot to you? Of course it does. <laughs> yeah, new Marvel movie. As I said, it's a big thing because it's starting a new phase. It's just been a huge franchise, it's been a, quite a journey. And are you a big fan yourself? Uh, of Mar Marvel, yeah, definitely. I'm a big comic book geek, really. So I've I've read the comics and I loved all the cartoons and like, yeah, I've watched them a lot once so, I was younger and all the way through to now. So fantastic. And so, does this film mean a lot to you? I mean, following it all the way through. Yes, it does. I mean, it's just it's amazing what something something that was just an idea with just Iron Man coming to something massive as in the Avengers with all the characters they've got. So yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. And sky high expectations. You think it's gonna meet your expectations? I hope so. <laughs> I, I really hope so. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.